Today's daf is daf Nun Ches, and we will be beginning about uh, seven, eight lines from the bottom of Nun Zion Amud Beis. So the Mishnah had said that if an animal fell into somebody else's field and caused damage, so under that circumstance, you don't pay the full value of what was damaged, you only pay mashanenis, you only pay the uh, the benefit that the animal received. We'll see, in, there's going to be two circumstances here, and the benefit will be calculated based on the circumstance. So, the uh, reason for that is, because the pasuk that describes your animal going into somebody else's field and uh, consuming, or going in somebody else's field and trampling, implies it says Vishilach or beer that there is a certain acquiescence on on the part of the owner of the animal. But if the animal fell into the field, which was an onus, so in such a case we don't consider that to be the classical case of Shane and Regal, and therefore you don't have to pay what you would normally pay for Shane and Regal. But at the end of the day the animal did benefit so you pay the benefit involved and not the damages involved, which is going to be a much of lesser uh, amount. So the Gemara wants to understand exactly what happened. So I'm a Rav b'nichbeta. So Rav said that he understood the case, the Mishnah, he's talking about that the animal fell into somebody else's field and the damage it caused is by the produce cushioning its fall. The produce cushioned the fall of the animal, and by cushioning its fall, now the, there's a benefit that was received to the owner of the animal. So, even if it ended up falling on the prize melons of the, uh, of the, of the owner, but of the owner of the field, you don't have to pay for the pro- produce that was damaged, but you pay what would it, what would the what would the owner of the animal have paid so that you just put the pillows down to protect his animal from getting hurt? That's mashanenis. So you're not paying based on the actual damage. You're only based on the benefit received. That's the case that uh, that Rav uh, explained the Mishnah. So the Gemara assumed that yeah, it's stopping the animal from being damaged. So the so so the Gemara assumed that the reason why Rav pick that over the other option which was the other option is that the animal fell into the field got up and then started eating right that would be another way where there's damage caused through an onus the animal fell into the field got up and started eating and then you would just say and what do you pay you don't pay based on the damage of what it ate but you pay on mashanenas like we had earlier in the Masechta. What is the mashanenas? That now you just saved me from giving supper to my animal. So you, that's what their calculation. So why did Rav avoid that being the scenario? Because it must be that Rav held that in that case, that would not be the halacha. So now let's analyze this for a minute. So what would be the halacha? We know we started off today's shir saying is that if the animal for shame or for regal, you're only chayev where you yourself are complicit in the animal falling in. But if it's an onus, I mean the animal going into the other, if it's an onus, then it wouldn't fall under shane and regal. But you still have the din of mashanenes. Says Rav, what's the case of mashanenes? Where it fell and it damaged pro- crops to, in the cushioning of its fall. I, what happened if it got up and ate? So what would Rav hold over there? So Lechora, in such a case, you can't say it's Masha Ezeka. We said that Masha Ezeka is only Vashilach of a beer. That wouldn't be. So it means Rav would hold, in that case, you wouldn't even have to pay Masha Nenis. Now, we have to understand, why would that be? Why would you have to pay? You wouldn't have to pay Masha Nenis. Because otherwise, why, if you weren't looking for a case that the Mishnah says Masha Nenis, make it the case where the animal got up and ate. Why didn't Rav make that the case? Why did he make it only the case of Nechbeis? So it must be in that case your potter. We'll have to understand why Rav holds that. So hold up, just, uh, just keep the Cheshben over here. So one says like this. this is the, so Rav only said the words Benechbeis. This is the Gemara talking now. Aval Achlo. Now, what would be the din if the animal would have gotten up and eaten? 
Afilu Mashanenes ain't a Mishalemis. The Chorah Rav's implying that you wouldn't even have to pay Mashanenes. Why would Rav hold this? Now, the one is going to make an assumption here. Very difficult. You have to. I'm trying to explain it well, but it, in, in the Lom the Soviet, the Gemara is going to shoot it down in about 30 seconds. But listen to what the Cheshbon that the Gemara is going to say right now. Maybe this is Rav Lashitoso. How is this Rav Lashitoso? Because we had earlier in the Masechta we had a case on uh, Daf Mem Zayin. We had a case like this: if somebody brought produce trespassing, he brought produce into somebody else's field. I decided to put it down and I went to do my shopping. So he said, and now what happened was, the, the Mishnah, is the Mishnah, the Mishnah says that the owners of the field's ox got damaged through the produce. So the din is that you have to pay the, the, to the owner of the ox. You have to pay for the ox that got damaged because you trespassed by putting the produce there. Rav came along and said that the only time the owner of the produce has to pay the owner of the ox because he put it down illegally and it caused damage to the ox is if the animal slipped on the produce. If the animal tripped over the produce, so then you can hold the owner of the produce accountable. But if what happened was is the owner of the ox, uh, the, uh, the, the, I mean the, animal, the, uh, the, the ox came along and consumed and over-consumed and got sick because it ate the produce, then Rav said, you cannot hold the owner of the produce responsible. The one says, what's the svara for Rav? So Rav said like this. He says, because you have a right to say, I didn't tell your animal to eat. Who said your animal should have eaten? You know, the animal should have restrained itself from eating. So that was Rav's svarah. Not everyone agreed to that. But Rav held that, you, that the owner of the produce could say that your animal had an option, had a choice. It's not like an automatic, instinctual thing that you could say was like you're compelled to eat. No. Your animal had an option to eat. And that compelled, it made a choice to eat. And therefore, it made a bad choice. I don't have to be held responsible financially for the choice of your animal. That is what Rav said earlier. So, Gemara wants to say, using that svara, the Gemara is going to try and squeeze it into, maybe that's the shot over here as well. Based on what Rav says over here, when it says, when an animal falls in, and it causes damage to crops, you don't pay the full value of the damage. You only pay mashananis. Rob said it's talking about where the animal it was an onus and it fell on the produce and that is what the damage is that you have to pay. But if the animal would have fallen in, gotten up and consumed, then the owner of the ox would have not have to pay anything. Why? Why would the owner of the ox not have to pay anything? So the more says maybe it's Rob Lashitoso because maybe the owner of the ox could say it's not my fault. I'm an onus. Why am I an onus? Because my animal fell in. My animal, I didn't lead my animal in. And an extension of that onus is, I did not compel my animal to eat. My animal chose to eat. It wasn't my fault that the animal ate. The animal being there is an onus to begin with. The animal eating is also an onus because the animal chose to eat. I didn't tell the animal it has to eat. And therefore, the owner of the ox does not have to pay in that case, even Masha Nenis. The Gemara, that's a little bit of a stretch, as the Gemara is going to say, Lachoretz, apples and oranges over here. But the Gemara <coughs> is going to, is, is attempting to try and understand why Rav would imply that in the case of where it would eat, you wouldn't even have to pay Masha Nenis. But using his logic, that you can say, well, I didn't tell, I didn't tell the animal to eat. Let's see it inside. So Gemara says, so let's say, Let's say this goes Rav Lashitoso. Rav is going according to his own reasoning. Rav Rav said early on Memvav that why does the owner of the produce not have to pay the owner of the ox? Because he has a right to say, I didn't tell your animal to eat. So therefore, so therefore here too, the owner of the, uh, uh, the owner of the ox can exempt himself, saying, I'm an owner because the animal fell in, and I'm not responsible because I didn't tell the animal to eat. So when says, what are you talking about? What's the comparison over here? He says, when do we say, you can use an excuse as, I didn't tell the animal to eat, it's only in the case we had on Memvav, because, because, 
the itzikahi. That's only where the animal, where your animal ate my produce, I have an op- I have the, the right to say, your animal should not have eaten my produce, your animal did not have to eat, and therefore I can exempt myself from the damage to your animal. The owner of the payros can say to the owner of the ox, I'm not paying you because because it shouldn't have eaten. Right? Uh, uh, but, but when it's your ox causing damage to someone else, what do you mean? You can say, oh, I didn't, I didn't tell my animal to eat. That's not my responsibility. It is your responsibility. What do you mean it's not your responsibility? But the azuke hiachrini, the patire lishlume, that that should exempt you completely from having to pay. Mi amar. Rav would never extend it to that. And therefore, the Gemara is saying like this, okay, we do recognize the fact that the fact that the animal fell in is an onus. But to extend that, Therefore, you should be able to say, and I didn't tell my animal to eat, therefore I should be potter completely, and not even have to pay mashananis. Makes no sense whatsoever. So, when it says, Ella says the Gemara, Lame Ka'amar. Now, what Rav meant like this, what Rav was just telling you, the kosher came. For sure, if the animal fell in, that it was an onus when it fell. But even though when it picked itself up and ate, that wasn't part directly from the onus, so for sure, Rav, you hold your chayev over there. It's true. Because we do take into account it fell in through an onus, we're not going to chayav you the full amount. We're going to be chayav you, in that case, for sure, mashanenes. That wasn't even a shiloh. What Rav is telling you, a bigger chiddush, that even what the animal fell on, which is completely an onus, because uh, you had no way of, there was, there was, there was no, uh, there was a direct act caused by the falling, even there, it's true, you're an owner, you won't have to pay Shane and Regal directly, but there still is going to be the payment of the Mashanenes. That's all Rav meant. So when Rav said that you have to pay Mashanenes, it wasn't to the exclusion of if the animal would get up and eat. It was telling you it's to include that case, that there also there's a Chiv of Mashanenes. That's what, that's what Rav was trying and to say. Also Mashanenes, because again, it, was, it, it happened through an owner, we're not going to pay you the full amount. So it's like this. So lame baya kamer. Lame baya kamer means it's a kosher cane. It's for sure. For sure. Lame baya achla. For sure when the animal gets up and eats. The mishalem is mashanenes. That there has to be some culpability, some liability. It's true we cannot make you pay the full amount. Why? Because we're owners. Because we're owners. But aval nechbeto. But you might think nechbeto. That nechbeto might fall into another category. There is a rule we're gonna, that we learned. Uh, in, in, we're going to learn in Masechah's Baba Basra. That that if an animal, you if you see a lion uh, attacking someone's sheep, and you take time out and you divert the lion, you scare off the lion, you cannot go back to the person and say, you know what, uh, I, it just cost me uh, two hours of my time, pay me for my time. Because there's a concept of mavriach ari. Mavriach ari is when you scare away the lion, you chase away the lion, it's Rashi learns, like, I'm, I'm compelled to do it because there's a mitzvah. I'm obligated to do it as a mitzvah. And therefore, there's different shatim here in, in shown. And One is that as a mitzvah, I can't charge you for it. The other opinion is that we assume you are Michael. Because I'm doing it to, that for the sake of a mitzvah, I was mochel when I did it. I was mochel you from charging you. I can't come back and charge you. Now you might think that this case is also that the animal falling by me having my produce cushion the blow of your, for your animal, so it's like a case of Mavriya Chari. I am, am doing something to help you to safeguard. Some say it's part of Ashavas Aveda. I'm helping return something. I'm safeguarding your animal getting damage. It might fall, you might think it falls into Mavriya Chari category. And if it falls into Mavriya Chari category, then what? Then I wouldn't be able to charge you for it. It means you wouldn't have to pay even Mashanenes. Comes along Ram and says, no, you have to pay Mashanenes. Someone says like this. So therefore, uh, Ema, you would have thought, that it's like a case of chasing the lion away from your friend's properties. You won't even have to pay Mashanenes. Kamash Malan comes to teach me that you do have to pay Mashanenes. The Gemara says, well, why isn't it Mavriya Chari? 
If there is such a concept that I scare her with the lion, I can't come back and charge you, so then why would this not be the same thing as scaring off the lion? So we're going to read this simple shot. Tuz doesn't read, understand it the way I'm about to explain it, but Raji doesn't say anything other than that, and, and so we assume that just Rashi goes with a simple understanding. So what is the Gemara saying? So maybe it should be considered a Vriyachari. Where it says, no, there's two reasons why it's not like Mavriyachari. First of all, Mavriyachari is Medaito. That Mavriyachari, I choose to scare off the lion. Here, I did not choose to protect your animal with my crops. I had no choice. It fell in. So therefore, according to the shot that it's based on mechila, like I, by the fact I'm doing it, I'm mechil you, for sure there's no mechila over here. I didn't have a choice, so therefore I have a right to charge you, number one. Uh, I love Midaito. This was done, uh, uh, this was, w- w- was done uh, uh, against his will. It wasn't done by choice. Inami or else, I'm giving up of my time, but there's no financial loss to my assets because of what I have done. In this case, I'm taking a loss because of you. So therefore, whatever the mitzvah is, I don't have to take a financial loss. I don't have to my property damage in order to save your property. So in this case, of the high Islam say that, and therefore I for sure have a right to recoup something. What is it that I can recoup? So that Rob is telling me that the amount that can be recouped is Mashanenis. Okay. So that one says like this. What actually caused the fall? Why did the animal fall into the other person's field? So Rav Chana Amar It tripped, it slipped on its own urine. Animal urinated in the Rosh Hashanah it slipped and that caused it to fall into the private property of the damaged party. Rava Amar Rava says that the animals were going two by two in the path and the one animal to the right of the other one gave it a bump and it bumped it into the, the private domain on the left side. So we have here two ways how it's possible that the animal fell into the private domain. One is that it tripped on its own urine. The other one is at a, uh, a, a it was parallel, oxen were going parallel, guy was uh, leading his oxen in parallel, and the one pushed the other one into, uh, into the victim's field. So says the Gemara like this, is there a difference between these two shittas? Are they arguing? Do they agree? So Gemara says like this, The opinion that holds, that it's considered to be an onus. Now the Balabasya owns both animals, we're assuming. So, that says that it's an onus where animal A pushed animal B into the field. So that's considered to be an onus. So call shakain because to stop an animal from slipping on its own urine is much uh, less avoidable than stopping one animal bumping another one. So if you consider it to be an onus when one animal bumps the other one, so kavachomer you're going to consider it to be an onus when the animal slipped on its own urine. But However, according to the opinion that Rava that says we're ta- I mean uh, was Rav Kahana that says that the animal slipped on its own urine, that he considers to be a onus. But where the animal A pushed animal B and it went, fell into the field, Pasha, that's considered to be a negligence a negligence of the owner. And he should have to pay not only what it benefited, but he should have to pay the full compensation as we're going to see how that's calculated soon. Why? Why is it negligence? The Amale, because the victim can say to the owner, avuri It was your responsibility to lead the animals in single file, and therefore you try to get them quicker by doubling them up. But if you're going to double them up, then you need to take responsibility that one is not going to push the other one into we my field. He owns both animals. I'm saying that's why I made the case we owns both animals. Because the Chorah, if he doesn't own both animals, then it should not be his responsibility to make sure the other one parallel comes... Uh, maybe. I don't want to get complicated. All right. I'm a Rav Kahana. So Rav Kahana says like this. Rav Kahana says an interesting thing. 
So he says, Lo shonu ela ba'osa aruga. This din that we said, that if the animal caused damage, if, either by falling on the produce or by getting up and eating, is only within the vicinity, the same aruga. An aruga is a bed. What do you call it? A bed? A, a Right. It's a, uh, the, it's the, the bed of produce into which it fell. That's in its immediate vicinity. That is where you have the, the, uh, the onus protection not to pay the full damages. But if this animal got up and then ate in one patch, in one, uh, one bed, and then moved over to another row, another patch, another bed, whichever, and it moves over, then you don't have the protection anymore, and then you will have to pay the full damages and not just mashanenes. Now, what's the svara for this? Now, Rashi gives one svara, Tosus gives a different svara. Rashi seems to say that the svara is, is that if it's happening within the immediate vicinity of where the animal fell in, so then you can extend the fact that it's an onus from when it fell, you can extend it to the patch that it fell into because the chora is like a timing situation. Because there, it's, it's, it's the animal is 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 uh, does not have a choice. It's compelled. It's like where it fell, it's going to eat. But to get up and move to another patch already, that would enough entail that there's enough time that the owner could have got uh, could have got involved and stopped it from walking over from the next patch into the next patch. Where's the owner? So to use the owner's uh, protection for. The, because it now decides to start wandering around and just damaging wherever it eats, that extension to that Rav Kahan is not willing to give you. That's how Rashi learns it. And therefore you're going to be only Chai Mashanenas on the immediate vicinity and not on the rest of the uh, other areas in the field. Tosa says a different Svara. Tosa says that we look at the other areas as different, as a different field. Meaning the field that it, for the area that it fell into, there you have an own. It wasn't a beer It's not the shilach. It didn't, it didn't go in willingly. It fell in. But now when it gets off and it walks over onto the next row, onto the next patch, now we look at it. Not, it's not falling into the next field. It's walking into the next field. And since it's walking to the next field, now you do have a fulfillment of beer acher. Memela, now you're going to be chayav on the next patch. That's how Tosvas learns it. So therefore, so Rashi doesn't seem to learn it that way. Rashi just learns it that you can, that we hold the person responsible if he didn't do something about it and right away. So immediate vicinity, you don't have a chance. But later on, you should have had a chance, and therefore you're chive on the later patches, and it's like a timing issue, according to Rashi. Tozer says, it's not a timing issue, Tozer says that that would be already considered like another field, and we can look at it as a beer of his day acher. Now let's go on. Rabbi Yochanan disagrees with this. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Afilu maruga laruga, Afilu kola yom kulo. He says, even from one patch to the next, and even if it's the entire day, you, you still will give the exemption. You will still give the exemption of uh, uh, of, of So again, depending on how you learn Rashi Tosvos, according to Tosvos, he holds it's all one sada. Since it's all one sada, it's still all considered to be, it was not that you sent it into that sada, it fell into that sada. According to Rashi, they say a svara over here, is that the homeowner, even if he knows it fell in, but he himself is afraid to trespass. He's afraid to go into the other person's field, so it's still considered to be an extent, not the homeowner, I mean the owner of the animal, so it's still considered an extension of the owner. So whatever the hell the svara works out. Now, Ad, when, uh, so, uh, even the whole day, even uh, uh, different parts of the field, you'll still be exempt and you'll only have to pay mashanenes. When will it switch from being mashanenes to have to pay the full damages? Ad say until the animal leaves the field, goes back home. The owner knows that the animal left the field, came back home, and tachzar, and then ladas. And he was aware, there was awareness that the animal left his home again and went back into the field. That second time that he'll go back into the field, on that case, now he'll have to pay 
Ma Shehizika and not Ma Shenenes. Now let's just quantify and qualify this a little bit for a moment. Just let's finish. So Amar Rav Papa. Rav Papa says to understand Rav Yochanan, let's explain the following. Now, under normal circumstances, to protect and you, to be protected that you are an onus, that you don't have to pay for the damage of your animal, normally you have to do, uh, for Shane and Regal, you have to do what's called a, pchis, uh, a shmira pchusa. You would have to do a lower level shmira. That's enough that the wind won't knock it down. Right. You normally, that, that's what you can get away with. What Rav Papa is going to say is like this. Is lo When he says that it has to, in order to be chayiv on uh, a, 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 the full amount, it would have to be that you were aware that the animal left the field of the, of the victim, came home, and then you were aware that it left your home again. Under that circumstance, then you cannot claim onus anymore. But that, he says that's what Rav, Rav Kahana says. That's that's not what I mean. Rav Papa says that's not what Rav Yochanan means. He says like this. He means mm-hmm. If the animal left the field with your awareness, even though you 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 safeguarded it with a lesser shmira, which under normal circumstances would have been enough to claim onus. Because I didn't know my animal left, I put a lesser shmira. That will not help over here. In order to be protected and be able to claim that you're an onus, under these circumstances, the only way you can be considered an onus if the animal goes out and back into the other person's field is if you now upped the level of supervision from a shmira pchusa, and now you're doing it to a higher level shmira, shmira meula. My timer, what's the reason? Why would it not be considered enough to say, well, I was shalola das because I made a shmira pchusa, and that would be enough, and that's what I usually do. Because we say there's almost like a Pavlovian thing here. Once your animal once knows where it can go to eat, so therefore, your lesser shmira is not going to suffice over here. In this case, it's really incumbent on the owner of the ox to put in safeguards and put a higher level shmira than existed before. Says my time, but the amar lay because the victim can say to the owner of the ox, Kevin the yalfa, that uh, that since the animal has learned. They call Amos the Mishtanta Lahasam Rahato. So since it's learned where to go, any time it slips away from you, where's it gonna go? I'm, I'm the target now. It's gonna run straight to my field. It knows there's good food there. And therefore it's incumbent upon you now to watch the animal at a higher level if you don't want to be responsible for the actions of your animal. Okay. Let's go Vaitu. So we said that if the animal mm-hmm. went down in a normal, took the normal path, went down the normal way, and you, then you're negligent because you know that there are accesses to other people's fields and you're letting your animal go on the main road that it could go off this path, it could go off that. You are now responsible safeguarding your animal. It's not an onus anymore. So under such circumstances, you don't say, that's, that's the fulfillment of shade and regal in the Torah, and you have to pay Masha Hizika. So boy, Rav Yirmiya. Rav Yirmiya has an interesting Shiloh. We keep coming back to these similar types of Shilohs. Let's say the animal was pregnant. I don't know how much a cow. Cow seven months pregnant? I think cow gives birth at seven months. I don't know. Whatever. A cow was reaching the end of its gestation. It's going to give birth. And you allowed the animal to wander off. So that's negligence. But this animal did not damage through eating. It gave birth in the field of the victim and the uh, the the the, the um, water. The, the 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 water from the birth the the fluids from the, the from from the giving birth is what fouled up the entire area and destroyed the crops. Now that lechora is a shtickle onus. That's not necessarily a uh, a negligence, right? That's, that's beyond my control to a certain extent. So what would be the din in that situation? So what is this? Abay Rav Yirmiyah, Yarda Kedarka. Rav Yirmiyah always comes up with these interesting shilos. He says, Yardakadarka. The animal went down the path in the normal fashion. The Hezika Bemeledo. And with its birth fluids, it caused damage. Mahu. What's the halocha? 
Now, Aliva demands Amar Tchilos of Abshir of a Sofa Ba'inus, you're a Chayev, that according to the opinions that we've had a number of times, that if you did something negligent, and even though the damage at the end occurred through an onus, but nevertheless, if it wasn't for the negligence, the onus would not have occurred, you're going to be chayev. So over here, there's no Shiloh, you are going to be chayev. Lot of boilach, so it's not even a Shiloh. Key to boilach, where this question can be raised, is Aliva demand to Amar Tchilas Vabshir Vasaifa Ba'inas is potter. So there's an opinion that says Tchilas Vabshir Vasaifa Ba'inas is potter. So there we could have the Shiloh. And Achorah, why do you have the Shiloh? If it's Tchilas Vabshir Vasaifa Ba'inas is potter, why would this might be different? Which is because me Amrinan, do we say Kevan the Tchilos of Shia Vesovah Ba'onas? On the one hand, a simple understanding would be this is a case of Tchilos of Shia, which is the letting the animal wander into somebody else's field. The onus was that it gave birth, so therefore you're a potter. O Dilma Or you could argue over here that the entire act is considered to be negligence. Why would the entire act be considered negligence? The cave and the kachazi, the crave of You know your animal. And you know your animal is close to giving birth. And you know when your animal gives birth that there's going to be a mess. Therefore, perhaps you cannot call that an onus. You needed to have a greater safeguard to ensure that the birth does not take place in somebody else's property. So you boilach the intura. So you should have safeguarded it, lest the mure and protected the gavva, protected the animal, to, that it should not have caused this damage in somebody else's field. And the Gemara says, Teku, this is unresolved. It's not eating at all. We're not discussing eating here. No, there was the fluids, the birth. Cows are pregnant for nine and a half months. Nine and a half months. Okay. I remember some, something, maybe sheep, something is seven months. It's measured in days, 283 elephants. Something is seven months, I remember. All right. All right, so we said like this. We said, So now, even though we said that there is a lesser payment of Mashanenis, that you only pay what the an, what the animal benefited, and we actually had two opinions how to calculate that earlier in the Masechta. But we said that even when we do throw the book at you, and you have to pay Masha Hezika, there is still a leniency how that is calculated, right? We said you calculate the damage in the framework of a base saw. Right, base saw is a large tract of, tract of land. So we said, that's how you calculate. Now, the one is going to be uh, dealing with, first of all, how do we know? How do we know that we don't calculate directly based on the retail value of what, you know, the animal went and ate a hundred tomatoes. You go into the store. This is what the cost of 100 tomatoes. That's what you have to pay the balabas. Now, it's true. It was attached to the ground. So, you have to say they were ripe already, but they're still attached to the ground. Well, that's already a question we had. If they're completely ripe, then maybe you don't have this option. As the Shalin was showing him. So, they were still attached to the ground. And according to some, they still needed to be nurtured a little more in the ground. But nevertheless, we don't make you pay the retail price of the tomatoes. We look at the tomatoes in terms of their uh, relevance of the entire property it means we're basing it on a on the devaluation of the property as opposed to the direct damage of the produce. The one wants to know what right do you have to do that because the person who loses out from that type of calculation is the nizak is the is the damaged party. So the where is there a proof from the Torah that you have a right to do that? So from where do we know that you from these words that you can say that you do it based on a base saw? So when it says Amar of Masno, the Amar Kro, the Pasuk says, Ubiar Bezdei Acher, that the animal consumed in another field. So the Gemara has interesting drasha over here. What does it mean Bezdei Acher? Means the consumption is relative to the other field. That's how you calculate it. You calculate it relative to another field. Means whatever the damage is, it's in a backdrop of being evaluated in a day acher by another field. So we look at it as a property damage as opposed to being a direct produce, produce damage. That's the, the proof. Because it says, Vebir bezdei acher. So Malamit Shaman Al Gavs De Acher that teaches us that the the, the damages are calculated the, with the backdrop with the rel, irrelevant 
to a field to another field. So Gemara says, one second, that day Acher is not extra. That day Acher is needed for an important drasha. We, how do we know that you're not Chayv in Rosh Rabbim and you're only Chayv in private property? Because it's day Acher, below Rosh Rabbim. So how can you use this day Acher to teach me this halacha, that the way you calculate is based on <coughs> relevant to another, uh, based on another field. I need the steyachar to teach me that you're only chayv in the, in, in the damaged party's property and there is no din of shane and rego in private, in, in private, in, in public property. So it's more like this, I will be able to say, it's necessary, to create the exception, the exemption of Rosh Hashanah Someone says it's true, it is used for that. But in Cain, if all we needed was the drosha to exempt Rishus Arabim, the Torah Licht of Rachmana, Ubir Bizdei Chavero. It could have just said Ubir Bizdei Chavero. Why does it say Ubir Bizdei Acher? Stay Acher is telling you the way you calculate it. You calculate it based on a Stay Acher. If we want to just tell you that it has to be private property, it didn't have to use the word Stay Acher, it could have just used the word Stay Chavero. Inami, or else you could learn that there's two drushes here from a different word. Because it says, Inami, it could have just said, Uvir Stay Acher. It would have just said, Uvir Stay Acher, then you could have learned Stay Acher means it has to be, uh, private property, not uh, public property. Why does it say biz day acher? Biz day acher is to teach me that it has to be relative to a day acher. That extra base, that's embellishing and telling me it has to be relative to another property. So you can learn out both drawers from here. So inam is day acher, my biz day acher. Why do I have to say biz day acher? So shashamin al gavzare acher to teach me it has to be relative to another field in the way we calculate it. Says the more like this. So now we're going to ask the other way. Maybe the sole purpose of this drosha is to teach me the way you calculate the damages. And maybe, how do you know that there is an exemption over here of Rosh Hashanah Maybe that is what it's coming to teach me, not to teach me the din of Rosh Hashanah Tomorrow says like this. So the Ema Kule Lahacha Huda Maybe that's why. Maybe the fact that Torah never wrote Stechavero, or it wrote it Bizde Acher, because it's that's Davka what it wants you to learn from here, and not to teach me that there's an exemption in Rishusa Rabim. So Mara says like this. The Ema Kule Lahacha Huda Oso. So therefore Lafuka Rishusa Rabim to the exclusion of Rishusa Rabim in Nolan. How do we know that there even is that exclusion? So Mara says. Like this, very interesting. In the pasuk of Shane, there's actually two parts. There's the first part where the damages occur, and then the second part, mate of sadeh, mate of karmi yishalem, is how you calculate what you have to pay. So there's the part that talks about where the animal does the damage, and there's the part that talks about how much you have to give. You have to give mate of sadeh, mate of karma. If the sole purpose of this drosha was to teach me that when you calculate, when you calculate, you should calculate with the backdrop of the property and not just focus in on the produce, where would this drosha need, made more sense to a, a, a appear? It should have been, should have made of Sadeh or made of, uh, 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 of Sadeh Acher or made of Karma, what it should have been in the din where it's telling you the mate, how much you have to pay, that's where it should tell you how it's calculated. However, the Torah never wrote it there. The Torah wrote it, this drosha in the first part of the Pasuk, where it's discussing when the damages occur. Now, why do I need to figure out how to calculate how to calculate the damages? Why is it written where the damages occur? Because there's a second drasha to be learned also. It's telling you not only when the damages occur, it's telling you when you have where the damages occur. That's why it's there, because the teacher that there's a second drasha to be made as well. So let's see it inside. So it in Cain, if it's only was coming to tell you how to calculate the damages, so lichtov rachmona gabe tashlumen. The Torah should have written it solely in the second part, it should have written, it should have said, Mate of Sadeo, Mate of Karmi Yashalem, Bizdei Acher. It should have written, Mate of Sadeo, Mate of Sadeo, Mate of Sadeo, Mate of Karmi Yashalem, Bizdei Acher. could have popped in the words, De Acher there, and it would tell you, that's how you calculate damages, if it's only to calculate damages. So, Lami, Lama Li, the cause of Rachmana, Gabe Ubir. Why is it put it, that Ubir Bizdei Acher, Ubir Bizdei Acher is where the damages are occurring. Why is it talking about when the damages are occurring, if you're only talking about calculation? Must be, it's more than just calculating 
how much you have to pay, it's also telling me where you're chived. It's only in Rosh Hashanah, not in Rosh So therefore, from this you hear both. Okay, the last piece of the Gemara today, this is where the calculations come in. How do we exactly calculate this amount? Now, we want to be fair here. We want to calculate an amount that is not going to be overly gouging the damager, but we also don't want to calculate too little, too little that's going to be gouging the, uh, the Nizak. The, the homeowner. So we want to come, we do know that you have to reference it to land, because that's the Davis de Acher, that it's not just in terms of focusing specifically on the product, but you want to make it, so yeah, that's the one is going to, 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 to want to calculate this. Let's see. So one says like this. How do we calculate this? And the Mishnah used the word, the Mishnah said it's based on a base saw. Base saw. Base saw is usually 50 amas by 50 amas. Where that's the amount of so, so what is the base so, so how do we calculate so we're going to have three different opinions here so Amar Yosi Bar he says that you calculate the, the base saw according to Shishim Sa'in you have to take like this you have to go as follows it means let's say a base saw on its own would be worth um, 60 gold coins one base saw on its own would be worth 60 gold coins. If you have a property that has 60 base saw in it, right, so then it would come out when you're buying it in, in bulk, you're buying 60, so then it comes out, let's say each base saw now would not be worth 60, each base saw would now be worth 50. Right? Why, why did it go down value? Because if you have, if you, like, if you buy well, one well, acre, it's, it's, it's going to be more expensive per acre than if you buy a hundred acres. That's okay. the, usually that that's the way things work. It means the more of it you buy, then there's a there's a discounted price per it. So therefore, so 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 what the what 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 the first two opinions, starting with Yosef Chanina, he holds that when you calculate the damage with the backdrop of a base saw. You don't say just, well, what is one base saw worth at its, on its own? Because it's, then it's going to come out that the expense of one base saw, the land is going to be worth more. more. And therefore, the damage that is occurs in it, it's going to end up being more. So what you do is you get a discounted base saw. How do you get the discounted base saw? You work out at base saw, usually whenever we calculate things with 60, 60 is the, the, the multiplier. So you're within uh, one base saw, if it would be uh, one out of 60, and then whatever that one base saw out of the 60 is worth, then you plug in the damages and you calculate the amount. So therefore, that's what it is. So therefore, again, so Beshishim Soyin, because if they did the base saw on its own, the Mazik would end up getting a greater punishment, a greater damage, because a base saw is a smaller amount on its own, uh, and, 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 and actually, the, the Svara that Rashi says, when you only have one base saw on its own, it's harder to sell. One base saw on its own is harder to sell. And if something is harder to sell, therefore, uh, it's going to cost more. And therefore, the Aniyim, he says, poor people are the only ones that can buy with a base saw on its own. The people that have the money, they, they, the poor people can't buy larger tracts of land. They can only buy smaller. So when they, then, so they can only buy smaller, they, can get, they get overcharged on the smaller amount, and that's why it would cost more. And since it costs more, it will end up being more damage to the mazik. So we don't do it that way. We get a, uh, a discounted base saw, and that's you multiply by six, and that's how you calculate it. That is the opinion of Yosi Berchanino. Rabbiana Amar, he agrees with the system, but he doesn't agree with the amounts. He says like this, you don't do it with a one saw in 60. You do it with a Tarkov, Bashishim Tarkovim. A, 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 uh, a Tarkov is a Chatsi based saw. Tarkov is Trekov. In one saw, there's six Kavim. In one saw, is six Kavim. And therefore, so, but he says that you don't do it on one saw, based saw in 60. You do it in, really, in a, in a half a Kav in 30. It, with the ratios, he just says he calls it a. Uh, uh, a ha- I mean, a, I mean, one cob in, uh, We do it in uh, in one one saw in thirty, which is a half a cob in sixty cob. 
means he just divides the amount that you do it. So a tar kav is really three kavim. Trey the kav is three. So therefore, which is a half a saw, because there's six kavim in a saw. So therefore, it's tar kav shishim tar kavayim, which is uh, which is one saw in thirty saw. Now, why doesn't he want to do it? Uh, it what's that? Half a saw in 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 thirty saw, right? Instead of one. Saw in 60. Why? Why does he do it that way? So, uh, he says you don't use 60 saw because that would be a very large, uh, a much larger field. And, um, so, and, and he says that uh, it's, it's too much for, the, uh, uh, for a, even a, ba- a Bainani to afford. A Bainani says they've got the poor people for sure can't buy a field that large. And a bainan and a, a small and an abanani can't afford that either. And the people that normally are involved in heavily investing, the wealthy people investing, they don't give them much time. It's too little for uh, even a, a base saw is too little for them to want to invest in. And since they don't, they, they don't want to buy that. So what's going to end up happening? It's actually going to be it's going to be too little. So therefore, you have to make something that's going to have much more of a market. So making it at least for the Bainanim, in order for Bainanim to afford, affordable Bainanim, you have to do it with a, instead of a, with a half a saw and not a full base saw. That's why he calculates it that way. So that's why he comes out. That's his opinion. Again, so it's still two calculations. It is the 160th, the 130th, and then once you have the discounted rate, the damage within either the full saw or the damage within the half a saw. That's the way Chizkiah, uh, that's the way, uh, uh, that's the way Rabbi Yosef Hanina, uh, calculates and Rabbi Yana. Chizkiah says there's only one calculation. You take whatever the damage property area is, multiply by 60. Meaning, if a quarter, if, if a, a, a quarter acre was damaged, then the calculation is going to be a quarter acre within 15 acres. Right, is that good math? Yes. Uh, so therefore, whatever the amount that was calcul <coughs> was was damaged, multiply that area by sixty and view the backdrop of what is this property worth without the damage. What is this property worth with the damage? And whatever that difference is, that is going to be the amount that the mazik has to pay the nizak. So it's only one calculation, not like the other two that there are two. Is this in the first chart? Yes. 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 All right. So Cheski Amar Klach, it's a, a stock that the animal ate, whatever the amount of produce, Peshishim Klach, it multiplied by 60 of that amount that it ate, the area, that's it. So therefore, that is the three opinions that you have here. So everybody agrees it's not the actual value of the produce itself. So the Torah says there has to be a backdrop within the, the property, the, the, the diminished value of the property. The, the, and, and the question is, how much property do you calculate it in? So is it calculating a discount of a, a base saw? Is it a calculation of a discount of a, a, a chazi saw? Or is it that just whatever the amount that was eaten is multiplied by 60, that area, and that is how you calculate the devaluation, and, and, and which will give you the amount of, to pay for the damage. So Mesive asks the Gemara the following question. It says in the Brisa, Achla kav, or kabayim, if an animal ate one or two kavim, ain omrim to shalom de mayhem. You don't pay for the kav or the kabayim, okay? El aroin osa, so we, but what do you do? Ke'iluhi aruga ketana umisharan oso. You look at it like it is part of that small row, and you calculate it based on the row that it was in. That now the simple understanding the more is saying is, is that l'chor there's a kasha on all three opinions. Because there's no 60 over here. Basically, whatever row, it seems to be like whatever row, whatever, like also, like it would be like an aruga ketan, a small patch, a small row, whatever it is. And that's how you calculate it, based on that small patch or that small row. So my love, what does that mean? Bifne'atma, meaning uh, on its own, meaning that patch, that is the damage within that patch is what you're calculating, which is a shver, which is shver in all opinions. Sigmar says, that's not what it means. Like, it means Bashishim, it means, it means 60. It means that small patch. How do you calculate that small patch? That's any one of the three ways. It's telling you don't do it on its own, but you do vis-a-vis the patch that surrounds it. But how do you calculate the patch that surrounds it? That could be any one of the three methods that you had. So it's not necessarily a, any a difficult with any of the opinions that we just had. Yes? But, it could be any of them because it could be the way you calculate a small patch it's a base saw 
uh, in a bit there, or it could be in a chati saw, and whatever, whatever the calculation. It's still the fact that a one to sixty. Yes, Tana Ain't shaman mipnei. Ain't shaman. You don't base it on a kav that it ate mipnei shemashbicho because that would cause a too much profit. We'll see exactly what we're talking about. Below base kor, and we don't base it on a base kor mipnei shepogmo because that would devaluate. That would cause a loss. That's the brisa. The prices don't calculate it based on a kav because that's going to uh, improve it, right? It'll cause too much profit and don't base it on a base car because that will cause too much damage, too much loss. Micah Amr, what is this price is saying? So Amr of Papa's Rav Papa, we're going to see Rav Papa does not hold like Chizkiah clearly and he says like this, Amr, this is what it's saying. Ein shamin kav, that let's say the animal ate a kav. You don't eat the kav that based on shishim kavim, by multiplying the area and making it a kav within 60 kav. That's not what you do. Why? Because that would end up being too small a damage in too great an area. area. And who would end up being over-profiting from that? The mazik. It's causing the mazik to only have to pay a very little. The low kar... And if the animal ate a car, which is a much larger, that's a significant amount. A car is 100 and, 180 saw. 100, 180 kav, I'm sorry. 30 saw, 180 kav. Beshishim korim. Don't do a car in 60 korim, because that actually will end up being a much lower, it'll be a significant visual block within that amount. A, a car damage, with, even within a, even a 60 car is still a, and that'll create a tremendous amount of visual damage in terms of the calculation and what will end up hurt, who will it end up hurting it will end up the nizak and therefore that's also Mipnesha Pogam will end up hurting the nizak now how do you actually do calculate it this is, this is for time that that's, that's something that before I should deal with but anyway the point is he doesn't hold like Hiskia because he holds you don't say multiplied but it could be any one of the other two ways but not like Hiskia so Maskular Ravuna Barmanoach Ravuna Barmanoach has a problem with this interpretation. Because if it's talking about how much it damaged, so it ate a kav, don't calculate it by 60 kavim. But it ate a kar, they don't calculate it by 60 bay, uh, by sixty korim. Then why does it say base kor? Base kor usually is the amount of property around the damage. It's not the actual amount of damage. If it ate a kor, should have said, then the Bryce should have, li- should have written, it says, below kor. The Mipnesha Pogam. But why did, uh, why did it say, no, it does say, no, it does say, uh, no, it doesn't say base core. It, it says base core. Right. It says base core, but it should have said core if it means based on 60 yeah. times the core. So, that can be the Pshat and the Brysa. So, what is Pshat and the Brysa? So, Alam Ravuna Barmanoch, Mishmeidu Rav Acha, Bereidu Rav Ika, Hachiktani. Ain Shamin Kav. Don't calculate a kav bifne atzmo. But eight a kav, don't calculate it based on itself. Because that'll cause a, uh, that'll cause too much profit for who? For the nizak. Below kav, and don't calculate that same kav, don't look at it in the framework of a base core, which is 180 times the land around it. Because if you do it that way, that'll end up hurting, it'll be too little for the nizak. Ella, how do you calculate it using the Shisha method? Any one of the three ways that we had before. Gentlemen, we'll stop over oh. here.